Welcome to Pedagog, a podcast about teachers talking writing. I'm your host, Shane Wood. In this episode, I talk with Melvin Beavers about writing program administration, his research on online writing instruction, and professionalizing part-time faculty to teach online, principles to online pedagogy, and he shares advice for those interested in WPA work. I actually got an email from Melvin back in August. And he emailed and just said he really enjoyed the podcast. He said he uses the podcast in his composition theory course, and he recommended a guest speaker to come on and chat. That email correspondence started what I would now call a friendship. Melvin invited me to be a guest in his composition theory class at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, and it was such an incredible time meeting and interacting and talking with his students. So I'm really thankful for Melvin in that email back in August. Melvin Beavers is the first year writing director in the Department of Rhetoric and Writing at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. His research interests involve writing program administration, composition pedagogy, rhetoric, and popular culture studies. He teaches first year writing in a variety of upper level courses that include composition theory, online writing instruction, persuasive writing, and research methods. Additionally, he has presented research at several national conferences, including conferences for the Council of Writing Program Administrators and the Association of Rhetoric and Writing Studies. Melvin, thanks so much for joining us. You recently became the first-year writing director at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. How did you get into writing program administration? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, This is an exciting opportunity, and I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here and talk a little bit uh, with you about what I do. So in the spring 2020, I stepped into the role as the first year writing director, uh, the WPA. And for the most part, I felt pretty comfortable. Uh, I have worked at UALR since 2006, uh, first as a part-time faculty member, uh, once I graduated with my master's uh, in you know RETCOM, and then I worked part-time and you know, on and off, did a couple of things, did a couple of different jobs in between. I uh, worked as a personal trainer for a while. Uh, worked, you know, in, in addition to working part time at the at the university, and then I did some professional writing uh, for uh, some other different kinds of organizations. But I knew that my, you know, my passion and what I wanted to do was work with writers and work with student writers, and so I always stayed connected to the institution. Part of what kept me there was this, hey, this is an additional source of income and I like to teach part-time. And uh, I always had faculty, the former uh, writing program administrator, uh, Huey Crisp, you know, provided opportunities for me to go to different kinds of conferences. Uh, I remember going to the Popular Culture Conference several years in a row and there was always some support there. And then when uh, Dr. Uh, Sherry Robertson came on, she made sure that I had access to uh, other kinds of professional development. And so I always had a lot of interaction with the WPA. And so I started to learn and know more about what it, what that role was like and kind of really got a, a glimpse of what, you know, these two really, in my, from my perspective, mentors were able to do. And so when our former WPA decided to step down, it just seemed like the natural fit for me to uh, step into this role. And so the faculty voted and I was voted into the position and uh, spring of 2020, when I stepped into the role, I felt like I knew people in the program pretty well. And I say people, uh, obviously my, my uh, faculty, full-time faculty and, and the part-time faculty. And so I wasn't really apprehensive about 
developing relationships and sort of running the program from the sort of uh, the, the idea of, of, of managing you know, faculty. But thinking about the, the program as a whole and the type of students that we serve and you know, the student population and really trying to decide and figure out what do I want to do? Right? What, how, where do I want to take this program? And so for the, first, for the most part, I just kind of thought, you know what, let me just kind of sit back and kind of get a lay of the land. Let me kind of figure out, you know, what some of the processes are, what, you know, our retention rates are for our courses. Obviously, the outcomes for the course in terms of the WPA outcomes, that's what our programmatic outcomes are. That's kind of what we follow. Um, but just really trying to figure out what do I want to do in this program? What does this program need me to do? And so both short term and long term. And so for me, part of what I decided was, you know, I want to, you know, fall back on some of the things that or opportunities that, that I was given in terms of professional development and uh, really sort of thinking about some of, of what my part-time faculty needed. I had to think, okay, well, now we've really got to shift who needs help moving online, right, in terms of the faculty. How, are, how what, in what way will I provide that help to them? It's really kind of just fell into, into, into line and sort of fell in sync, right? I was able to put together a workshop, which is something that I wanted to do. I wanted to provide a, a workshop uh, for faculty to come to and talk about not only what, you know, the sort of best practices are in, in uh, online writing instruction, but just find out what people know and what they don't know and what some of the challenges um, might be for them. And I put together a really quick workshop. I invited full-time faculty, part-time faculty. While that was very challenging, uh, what I've learned from that is, as a, as a writing program administrator, we really have to think through the kinds of professional development we want to offer and really sort of think about individual need. So one of your main goals as a WPA was to support part-time faculty and to think more intentionally about professional development and individual needs of instructors your research focuses on preparing and professionalizing part-time contingent faculty to teach writing online. Can you talk more about that research and how you help develop part-time faculty as a WPA? Part of why I focused a lot of my research on part-time faculty is because I was one for so long. So I was trying to marry my, my experience and, and my research interests together. And so they kind of came together within, you know, part-time faculty interest concerns, issues with uh, OWI training and, and, you know, sort of teacher preparation. Some of the approaches that I think are helpful and work really come out of uh, my dissertation research. And so part of what I like to do or like to think of as, as training is the sort of idea of being in the moment. So I, when I say that, I, I think of things like, you know, I have, a, when I, we were on campus, I had an open door policy. So if someone comes in my office, and they want to just talk about, you know, their course syllabus, or they want to talk about an idea for an assignment. Uh, and they could connect to OWI, it may not. But if it does, that's an opportunity for me to sort of talk them through their idea. What do you want to do? Or what's the purpose of this? Or how are you going to present this information? Or what kind of language are you going to use to talk to your students? And how is that different from how you might do something in the face-to-face -face setting uh, or talk to them about accessibility issues that, you know, making sure that students have access to 
uh, the materials or giving the materials in, in multiple ways, whether that's an uh, audio recording PDF file or a recording of instructions in addition to giving them a, a hard copy that they can uh, read and, you know, just being able to, you know, sort of, you know, really on the fly, you know, kind of give somebody information or help, help them think through something. So that's one, one way of approaching it. Again, another way is providing all kinds of resources. A lot of, uh, a lot of information in, in the uh, OW, OWI realm uh, is, uh, you know, you've got your OWI community information. And so that information is, is readily accessible. And I try to make sure that folks know about what's going on with uh, the OWI community. And if they want to participate in a workshop or uh, if they want to you know, have access to uh, a new book that's out, I make sure that they, you know, have those materials and that they can, uh, you know, if they have questions about it, then we can perhaps, you know, have a conversation. So ultimately what I try to do is, is make myself available uh, if faculty want to have those conversations or share ideas. In your teaching experiences and research on online writing instruction, is there a core principle that stands out to you? maybe more so than others, or one you emphasize more in your program as imperative to teaching writing online effectively? Yeah, so, you know, you have the, uh, you know, uh, principles, OWI principles of uh, effective practices, um, and, you know, that's an exhaustive, really laundry list of, honestly, check marks, right? It's like, you know, am I, am I engaged, you know, in my course? You know, am I, is my course, uh, you know, have I made it accessible? And so, you know, I, you know, make sure that I'm doing things to develop uh, the personal and interact with my students. And this is really interesting that you asked me this question today because I actually was thinking of sort of through the idea of, you know, engagement with your students uh, and, and sort of increasing your presence and your interaction with your students. Sometimes in terms of answer your question about what gets overlooked, I think that I want to say we, but I'm just going to say, I don't, I don't really want to speak for the entire community, but I want to say that I sometimes it seems that the, the push toward making sure that all these boxes are checked, I wonder if we're missing something in terms of just realizing that we're teaching something, right? And so I, I think about, um, I think it's a Mar Marshall Gregory's article, uh, I want to say it's called curriculum, pedagogy, and teacherly ethos. And part of that is thinking through what we are teaching, right, and how we're conveying that information. And, you know, not necessarily, you know, thinking about what we're doing as the, the sort of banking concept of pouring information into brains, but really sort of thinking about how am I developing the course, but how am I, am I making sure that my students are learning and, and, and I'm actually teaching them something? Because I think sometimes we get so involved in the design and the uh, ideas about engagement and, and, pre and presence and rapport, interaction. And I think those are good. I think those are strong you know, points to sort of put on that checklist. But I guess more of what I'm saying is sort of those organic teacherly moments and that teacherly ethos that you want to develop with your students and remembering that our charge, right, is to make sure that our students learn and really sort of coach our students through, whether it's writing or 
whatever the discipline may be. And sort of sometimes I, I think maybe we take a step back and we just kind of look at, you know, what we're doing inside the course. And, you know, even though we're, we're sort of singing about the make sure, you know, you've done X, you've done Y, you've got Z. It's like, but let's not forget <laughs> that we are, you know, you know, especially in retcon programs, you know, the, the teaching focus is really there. And we, that's one of the things I really try to emphasize with my graduate students is think about who you are as a teacher. How do you see yourself in that role or within this online space? Teaching writing online requires intentional and purposeful techniques that complement pedagogical values and that complement learning outcomes and goals. You were talking about how you encourage instructors to focus on engagement and learning. Something that's really important is staying attuned to the value of teaching writing organically, even if teachers are using technologies, right? No, I, I agree 100%. I think that some of you know, my most uh, memorable experiences with students have been in those moments where the classroom has really come alive as a result of a discussion or a student sharing a piece of writing uh, and, you know, it sparks conversation or it sparks ideas or it sparks more writing, right? So it's really some of that invention work um, that goes into the, into the writing process that, or that is a part of the writing process that we see our students growing Right. And so I don't want to I don't want to come across as seeming like I'm saying a lot of the, the principles and effective practices are prescriptive. I don't think they are. I think they're just kind of like guidelines. Right. They're kind of like they're important guidelines. Right. They do help uh, with the, the management and the running and the success of the course. Absolutely. And we want to make sure our, I definitely want to make sure my instructors are under, understand how to apply those uh, outcomes and think about um the outcomes as, you know, here is a goal. What can we do to make sure we get to that goal? What kind of practices or, or things can we do in the classroom that enable us to meet this outcome? But I still think sometimes, and this can happen within any sort of teaching environment, that we rem remember that, you know, that what teaching is and, and how we want to really develop our students and, you know, never let them forget that and especially in a first year course, this idea of well, what is it that they want their writing to make? You know, what is it that they want their writing to say? And uh, the benefit of the online writing classroom, I think, is that we do get students more involved in writing because that's the, uh, one of the main forms of communication. And so the more our students are writing, that's always a plus. It's always a good thing. And the, the push toward, for me, and that's, I guess to sort of come back to my research, uh, the main push for me and the goal was really to better understand how WPAs were approaching this idea of developing part-time faculty, because for many, that may not necessarily be something that's on the radar. Developing graduate students and TAs, that most certainly is. But if you're in an institution where a majority of your first-year writing instructors are working in a part-time capacity, I might imagine that that become something that's more important to you, especially now with a lot of online remote learning taking place. Then again, that also gets into upper level administration, seeing some value in that, right? And providing funding and for you to, you know, host trainings or do workshops and then creating ways for you to support those faculty coming to that as opposed to just sort of these sort of open-ended come if you can kinds of things, which I think are fine. Uh, but 
again, that not only increases the WPA's workload, <clears throat> it also could potentially increase the part-time faculty's workload if they're having to make time to come do these things. And so there are workarounds. Uh, for example, I just had a, a workshop with uh, Shelly Rodrigo uh, as a pre-semester workshop, and she uh, did a wonderful presentation uh, for my faculty, and many of them were not able to attend, but that was recorded, so I was able to, to, they were able to have access to it if they wanted in that way. So again, there are things we can do to still continue to give access to our part-time faculty. What advice would you give to someone interested in WPA work? And is there a thread in conversations you've had with other WPAs at other institutions that you'd pass along to incoming and or even establish WPAs? Well, honestly, and this is probably advice that I would give to a, a new WPA is really network, talk to people, meet people in the field. Uh, I, would, I would try to connect them to people in the field, really sort of get a community of people that you can talk to um, because that'll help you when you have moments of, of sort of uh, uh, panic perhaps and you can go and, you know, whoever that person is or those people are that you know that have, that have done this, you can seek them out for counsel. And the WPA listserv helps a lot too um, in terms of supporting, uh, I think, new WPAs with just lots of resources. You know, I think for any WPA, but especially for those that have a, a really strong interest or want to, want to really sort of develop uh, part-time faculty, I would, I would offer them three sort of uh, ways of thinking through what they want to do. So I would say you definitely want to sort of have awareness, right? Think in terms of who are your people, right? What are their what are their levels of experience? How long have they been teaching for you? It's not a one size fits all model, right? Like you may have a lot of people that have taught for you for a long, long time and they may not need as much support from you. So who if you have those, bring them on board and try to get them to uh, help you do things. So for example, you know, a, a local sort of perspective uh, issues and whatnot. Uh, we do have a lot of faculty that have worked for us for a long time. And so I, I think their voices are just as important as our full-time faculty and they deserve just as much a seat at the table as, as the rest of us have. I asked, you know, several, uh, you know, faculty, part-time faculty will, do you want to come to one of my classes and talk to my students about what you do in your class? Or do you want to help me with this workshop that I'm you know, thinking about putting together? Or what do, you, what do you think about this particular topic or issue? So a lot of times I think there's a hierarchy of who gets to say or who gets to speak. And I think that you know our part-time faculty have just as much uh, to bring to the table and some of them and, and knowledge and experience that they want to share that we can we can benefit from. So I would say be aware of who your people are and what they have to offer. And really, I would say if you're coming into a program that has a strong sense of community, what can you do to build on that? Um, and then really sort of, I think this goes for, for all of us, right? Sort of have some foresight, like think about what's coming next. What can we see that's coming down the line uh, for first year writing? Uh, that we think will impact our faculty and our students and how can we create opportunities that get ahead of the, of the game as opposed to sort of trying to play catch up. And honestly, I think what I'm really saying is vision, right? It's like, what kinds of vision, what, what vision do you want to have for your program? And, you know, how can you maximize the talent that you have 
and how can you reach out and find other uh, talent that can come to your program? Because ultimately, right, what we're trying to do is, is make, create great opportunities and uh, for our faculty, but ultimately what we're trying to do is think about our students. Thanks, Melvin, and thank you, Pedagog listeners and followers. Until next time.